Previously on the Division Three's Finest Podcast. Taysom Hill, I'm telling you guys right now, will be a great NFL quarterback if he steps in in New Orleans. Next Peyton Manning, Taysom Hill. What? No. Well, I understand you've moved on to the uh, personal training game. Uh, so, like, <laughs> what are the best kind of steroids that I could get? That's a good question, man. <laughs> uh, you took Sprite Cranberry you took, over. You took Mr. Pib over Dr. Pepper. I'd rather drink my own piss than cranberries. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fear the mellow ball at all, and then, uh, like, those guys, they're always, they're like, they're half asleep all the time. I think what Shub yeah. is I try and ask is, do you, do you not have dragons? Yeah, and they I feel like really good. I, I know. <laughs> this is this is the most energetic I've seen you all day, honestly. So, Maya, what do you do now? Yeah, I, I work Jacob. Uh, I'm a professional now, big uh, professional guy. Episode 80 of the Division 3's Finest Podcast, coming up next. What's up, guys? Episode 80 of the Division 3's Finest Podcast. Unfortunately, today we're without our recurring guest, Coach Jacob the Bald Schubert, due to load management, a.k.a. he's in Florida vacationing, so, you know, kind of slacking a little bit, but... That happens from time to time. You know, you got to bow through the adversity. The co-hosts are here like always. So, you know, we're here doing our job. And Andrew Gillen, my friend and co-host, how's it going, bud? Ben, my friend, my co-host, um, you know, I wish I could say the same to uh, another member who's usually with us, but it's really unfortunate he decided not to come today. Right. Uh, especially talking a big game uh, exactly. about coming before. Um, so that's tough to see, uh, but it's good to be here. Um you know, we, we kind of touched on it before, but we're preaching grit, you know, all the time. We're huge grit guys. Um, this isn't the first time we've run into a, you know, some certain someone not carrying their slack. I don't even want to bring, I don't even want to say his name, honestly. I feel like it's just disrespectful to, right. to the listeners. But, you know, we just don't carry their weight. It comes down to, you know, the co hosts, like you said. We got to be about it, all about the grit. So we're just going to battle through adversity. We're going to pump out a great podcast today. It's going to be awesome. Right. And like when you, when it comes down to it, you know, you got, you got LeBron James, you got D Wade. You don't, sometimes you just don't need Mario Chalmers. Like, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you just don't need him. You got the main two components in the game. Like we got to take over. Yeah. We got the core here. So we're going to be all right. Um, so let's get into our podcast preview. If this is your first time listening to the show. Essentially this part of the episode is just like a five minute preview for the upcoming interview. We've been doing this just to kind of avoid the awkward transition we had with music kind of interviewing our inter- or queuing our interviews rather. Um, so we have a better transition now and hopefully we can give you some context on some of our favorite parts of the show, kind of a little behind the scenes, if you will. And we hope you guys have been enjoying these previews, but if you want to skip this section, feel free. We're just here to, you know, we've said this a bunch before, but provide you guys the best listening experience possible. Something, you know, I kind of stole and heard from the last dance that, you know, us co-hosts and all true sports fans have been watching, unlike our very own, I won't even say his name, our reoccurring guest who's not here. You know who he is. We'll see if he's listening. We'll see if he'll call us out on some of this stuff. Probably not, but certainly not. But, you know, there's a part of The Last Dance where Tim Grover, MJ's trainer, talks about Michael saying, you know, you're spending all this time watching me play the game. Like, it could be your first time ever watching me. I have a personal obligation to give you my best whenever I'm out there. And Grover gets pretty emotional this segment, actually. It's kind of a cool part of the documentary. And I know, you know, we're not comparing ourselves to Michael Jordan. We're not doing that. It's, it's a podcast. We're not professional athletes and obviously not nearly as intense, but you know, we do appreciate yeah, all you listeners. Yeah. This is obviously not even comparison, but uh, you know, we, we appreciate you listeners investing your time and you know, we do this for you guys. So we're trying to give you guys our best at all times. So definitely utilize those time codes. If there's certain parts of the interview you want to skip ahead to. And so, I mean, Gil, we'll get to the podcast preview. I've been talking for a while, but what were some of your takeaways from your our interview with Casey? Yeah, I'll get into that in a second. Uh, just wanted to second you on shout out to the listeners, man. Like you said, we do it for you. I mean, obviously, it's fun for us to do this. We would have never gotten started without it. But right. I mean, to get to this point and, and see, uh, we posted a graphic recently. We just hit thirteen thousand listens. You Huge know, shout so. out getting close to a hundred episodes. So just, yeah, big shout out to the listeners. Love you guys. Uh, you know, even just over the, 
over the years, like talking to random people who I never thought would listen, you know, I'll just see them in a while and they'll be like, you know, dude, love your podcast, whatever, you know, stuff on Twitter. Like I love all that stuff, man. So just want to shout out you guys looking, looking forward to keeping it going, uh, road to a hundred, I guess. And yeah. A hundred and beyond. Um, but yeah, so again, in the interview, um, you know, Casey, great guy, uh, real humble guy. I thought he had like, I thought he was, you know, real personable. I like, uh, you know, doing, we got this new setup. We're changing again, just trying to make things better. We've changed to actually video calling when we can, uh, our guests rather than just being on the phone, which, which makes for a lot better, you know, banter, maybe some back and forth. They can see us, um, kind of see what we're working with. Things get a little more personal, personable. So I think the, I think he just loosened up real, I, not that we loosened him up. I think he was just pretty loose guy. So that yeah. went, that went pretty well. And, and more towards the interview, I think he has a pretty, um, you know, Ben, we've talked about it before, like, you know, there's maybe like a, a general idea, you know, D3, whatever, you know, they're good. They're good in D3, like they end up getting drafted and like it's a pretty track line path or at least you think or but something I've been finding out, you know, especially we've gotten the chance to interview a lot of these guys is, you know, it's almost the opposite. It's, uh, you know, a lot of guys have like a unique part of their story or, or a hitch here and there that, you know, it's, it's cool to hear about. You maybe wouldn't expect, uh, on the note of grit, uh, right. you know, personified there. So to hear his story was pretty cool. And, uh, one of my favorite parts, uh, I actually just remembered this was, uh, his funny, his D3 story, what, what happens, uh, at that, at, at the game. So yeah, it's a good uh, one. I'm excited Definitely. for people to hear that. This is a good interview overall, a real humble guy, real funny guy. So I think it's a good one. For sure. And just going off, like you touched on a lot of points, but just going off his baseball background, a lot of the past D3 guys that we've had on the podcast, they kind of have like a breakout moment, if you will, like, you know, had a breakout junior year and got a bunch of questionnaires after that. Like, that's kind of when I felt like, you know, now this is the time where I could possibly go professional. And it didn't seem like he really had that kind of breakout moment. Like if you look at his stats, obviously, you know, he's an awesome player, played really good his senior year, breakout senior year, but it doesn't seem at like any part of the story until like he actually got that phone call. Did he feel mm-hmm. like, you know, going pro is a reality. So, you know, pretty cool bat- baseball background. And like you said, it seems like, you know, a lot of these stories are similar in a way, but they all have a certain kind of wrinkle, you know what I mean? So all of them are pretty unique and it's you know cool to keep getting these D3 guys on the pod. And hopefully it's something we can keep up and keep sharing with you guys. Oh yeah. So yeah, and rap, uh, last note, rapid fire questions was pretty funny too. We had we had a we threw a couple new ones in there. Uh, you guys will know what we're talking about for the regular <laughs> listeners. You'll you'll see there's a couple new ones in there. So hope you guys enjoy that and, and laugh a little bit because uh, yeah, it was, it was a good one for sure. Yeah, or hey, sh- throw us some new suggestions for rapid fire questions. I'm sure there's some good ones out there. We got some we got some funny listeners out there for sure. Shout um, out friends of the program. So, ben, you got anything else you want to touch on, man? That's all I got. Well, alrighty. I think that's all we got for the preview. Um, you know, would normally have. Oh, sorry. He would normally bleep that out. He would normally have a turn, but they, you know, we can get going into the interview. Um, like I said, great one. Looking forward to you guys listening to it. So Ben, please, por favor, cue the air horn for our interview with Miami Marlins minor league catcher Casey Combs. A few moments later. <laughs> Now joining us on the podcast, this is his first appearance on the show. He's a minor league catcher for the Miami Marlins, and he was also an All-American at East Texas Baptist University before being selected in the 2019 MLB Draft. One of Division III's finest, no doubt about it, Casey Combs. First question, how's quarantine life treating you? And, you know, when can we get Don Mangley on the podcast? <laughs> What's going on, guys? I appreciate y'all having me. Um, quarantine life has been, uh, it hasn't been too easy. I mean, we've, right. I've had a lot of days, a lot of free time for sure, but it's, it's yeah. been mentally just kind of tough, man. We were, we right. were ready for a season and ready, ready to get going and for it to just halt right there is, is definitely tough on all of us, but a lot of us are in the same boat and we're all trying to stay, uh, stay together and, and kind of get through this and, and stay prepared for the season. I know a lot of guys in the Dallas area, at least that we have right now, we're starting to all do some live BPs together and starting to get some bullpens and I'm catching different guys from different organizations. So a lot of guys, we know we under, we're all, we all understand we're in the same boat. So we're kind of just trying to work together and, and get as much work out of this as we can during this kind of time that we, this downtime we have. But uh, other than that, man, I, I hope I can get Don Mattingly on this with y'all sometime. <laughs> You'll come back. Yeah. yeah. So first kind of big time journalism question here, more on the serious side. So like the theme of our podcast name, Division Three's Finest, comes from us being former 
uh, yet very elite emphasis on elite D3 athletes who have now taken our talents to the podcast game. But like most D3 guys, we were mainly, you know, just focused on playing baseball for love of the game and trying to grind it out as long as we could. Yeah. Uh, now you're not quite like most D3 athletes. You're one of the best D3 players in the country last year. And now you're getting paid to play baseball while we're still kind of working on, you know, trying to generate some revenue for the podcast. But yeah. just real quick, give us a quick intro on yourself, your baseball background and what drives your passion for the game. Oh man, it's a quick background. Tough, but I, it, my baseball story is a little crazy. I actually, uh, man, I battled injuries my whole life, pretty much. My shoulder was bothered me a lot, and it was crazy. My my dad was a first round pick back in eighty eight or eighty nine. I think he was blessed with great health his whole career, and an injury ended up uh, derailing his career. But he was he was born, you know, to be a baseball player, and everything was he was good, healthy, and got drafted in the first round. Um, wow. And so we always had this expectation of being three sons. You know, one of his kids has to be. You know, right. a baseball player to get drafted, and make it one day. So that was obviously a goal of my brothers and I and mine for the longest time. Um, growing up playing baseball from a very very young age, uh, I grew up in Houston, Texas. So we grew up playing little league around there, and um, yeah, I was every weekend, every every chance we got, we were out on the ball field. Uh, I ended up moving to Dallas um, and started my high school career. I think back in 2011 here in South Lake. I graduated in 2015. Um, and that's kind of when I battled a lot of arm injuries uh, and kind of took away my passion for the game a lot. Um, I, I was always a really good hitter or a pretty average good hitter. I never hit for very much power, but I was, yeah. I was always hit for good average. Um, so I ended up playing well uh, my senior year. I ended up earning a spot. They moved me to, from catcher to first base just because my arm was, was hurting too much to throw. So, And we also had a very, very good catcher at the time. I think he went on to McLennan and uh, got drafted in the 14th round a couple years ago. So that was probably the right pick there. But um, they stuck me at first base. Uh, I ended up playing well, um, but I had no passion to play baseball after my high, after high school was done. Uh, I went ahead and got surgery on my shoulder. I think that following August, it would have been my freshman year of college, uh, is when I went ahead. I stayed home. I went to community college. Um, went ahead and, and went did the surgery just to you know everyday activities wouldn't bother me. So I was able to uh, finally you know reach my arm across my body, put my arm up and do different things without it hurting. And I had no intentions of ever it, you know, translating into going back and playing baseball. But uh, fast forward to that winter break, my brother gave me a call and, and uh, wanted me to, uh, you know, continue to play baseball uh, out at East Texas Baptist with him. He was already there. He was about to start his junior year. And one of their catchers had just torn their UCL over the winter break. So he said there was a spot. And you guys know how Division three works. Sometimes crazy things can happen. People can walk on it semester. It's not yeah. like Division one where I can mm-hmm. just go walk onto the team. So right. my brother literally went to our head coach the next day. And, and he called me and told me that we're good to go. So I was, I was there, I think, a week later. And I was on the team that spring. Jeez. And that was my freshman year. And hadn't picked up a baseball bat in like six months. Had no intention of playing ball again. And within the span of about a week, uh, my brother had me down to ETVU. And I was rooming with him. And and the season was just about to get started in, in the spring. I mean, shoot, D3, I think we start early February. So mm-hmm. we got down there in January, and three weeks later, I was playing baseball games again out of nowhere. That's so crazy. that was, that was kind of cool for me to get back on a ball field. I had no anticipation of actually playing or doing anything my freshman year. Um, and I actually earned a, a role my freshman year towards the end of the year. I think I finished like 90 at-bats my freshman year, but I was kind of surprised I even found a role after not mm-hmm. – playing baseball for a long time so that kind of redeveloped my passion for ball again and and uh continued to play got one more season with my brother and i credit him a lot with with the talent that i was able to kind of become uh he was a lot better than i was and probably still is if he picked up a baseball bat he uh he had a chance to get drafted as well i think uh i was back in 2017 i believe he finished up uh, but he was a stud as well and, and he taught me a lot about the game and and a lot of the way i play it um but he uh, he graduated or he, he finished up and then I I, uh, I was a junior I think had actually not a very good season so I was kind of surprised with myself uh, I went and played summer ball which I recommend all ball players to do I don't know if you guys played any summer ball oh, yeah. a little bit but, yeah. dude some of the most fun summers mm-hmm. I've had sort of yeah those are so fun I played out in Palm Springs uh, it was actually an introductory league I don't know if y'all have heard of it now it's called the Palm Springs Collegiate League the PSCL um, I wasn't good enough so. No, that was like a Division three, Division two league, man. That was like, like I mean, the, point. there was nothing against it. It was great. Like it was great to be out there. The, the mm-hmm. competition was good, and it was so much fun. And but me and a buddy who actually went out there, we ended up getting called up to the Palm Spring Power, who played for the uh, the Southern California Collegiate League, and that was an all D one team. 
okay. predominantly. So that's when I think I kind of took a step of uh, really kind of upping my game and becoming a lot better of a ball player when I got to see that competition. And then I rolled into the fall my senior year with a ton of confidence. And you guys know how it is when you're a senior. You just, you know, your last year to, to ever play ball again in D3, you think, yeah, right. I'm just going to play as good as I can, do everything I can to, like, fall out. So sure. I kind of just took that mentality into my senior year and, and just did everything I could to, to play the game as hard as I could. And, and Oh, yeah. It started getting noticed towards the end of the year, and I had a couple of scouts come out to my uh, conference tournament and um, kind of took off from there. But that's gotcha. kind of the background of it, and, and you guys know, obviously, what happened. Yeah. I was I was the last person in the world that thought I was ever going to get drafted. So sure. The fact we'll, we'll get into some of those. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll definitely get into some of those questions. I liked you said that you couldn't give a quick uh, yeah. background. Yeah, so that's I'm tough. Glad we got. I'm glad we got, like, the poll. That's definitely interesting. I mean, one thing I couldn't help but thinking, I mean, what was your – I guess, did you, like, have any – were you worried about coming back? I mean, like you said, you were in kind of a – more of a mental place of you're done yeah, with no, for sure. And then all of a sudden you're coming back at the college level, and it sounds like you were just kind of thrown into it. So Yeah, that, essentially, that yeah. I was, I was definitely nervous getting back into the game. Um, I mean, I, like I said, I hadn't picked up a ball. I had picked mm-hmm. up a stick in about six months or so. And, and obviously you got to get past the mental stage of being able to throw again as well. Mm-hmm. I, I had never been – the last three to four years – I had pain throwing, and mm. and uh, and so I just I finally just kind of toughened through it. I think I got another quarter zone shot when I got to the Marshall that spring before the season started, mm-hmm. and I think about six weeks in, man, just took a lot of prayer and a yeah. lot of a lot of uh, strengthening and rehab to uh, sure. get it ready to go. But six six weeks in, I was already I have found a role, and I think it was probably started conference. Uh, I was I was catching at least one game nice. on the weekend, and my career kind of took off from there. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. All right. Um, so we've been doing this recently with our guests, kind of restructured the show. Um, so with like a lot of podcasts out there, you know, we got to keep it up. Um, yeah. So sure. to loosen things up a little bit, just kind of get you know, get to know you a little bit better. Uh, we're gonna do kind of like uh, rapid fire questions, I guess. So okay. uh, a little lighter, not like super heavy baseball questions. So quick answers if you have them. If something like sparks a story you have, definitely okay. you know like go into it. For sure. um, yeah, but I'm about to get started if you're ready. Yeah, for sure. All right. Do you have any crazy baseball superstitions? And if you don't, what's the weirdest one you've seen from a teammate? Uh, I'm definitely not a step on the line guy. If it's, I over exaggerate not stepping on the line. Got what you do you want to step on it? What I don't step on, man. I'm this never happens. <laughs> if I'm playing catch, I'll even like give myself a good three to four feet off. So yeah. I don't have to maneuver myself to it. Yeah. I'm not stepping on. And that's no only chance. game day practice. I don't care. I'll step all over it. But okay. game that's day, fair. if you know how, y'all know how it is, I'll just, yeah. That, that's probably my biggest superstition for sure. Okay. I've always, that's always, with that one, it's like, with like a routine, like you can start over, but with stuff like that, like if you step on the line, like are you just screwed? Who? That's all I'm always curious about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I do my best not to. Just avoid it. That's the yeah. best answer. Um, so, what was your favorite thing about Division Three baseball, or still is your favorite thing? Uh, favorite thing. Gosh, probably getting the. I honestly really like playing Friday and then Saturday doubleheaders, getting the, getting the games in and being uh-huh. done. Um, I like that. Uh, and then probably, I don't know, just the small, tight-knit group. I don't know. You really, by the end of it, I thought, at least for where I went, by your class whittles down to, like, three to four guys by the end of it, five to mm-hmm. six guys. And, and so that you're, you just get so tight with that senior class. And so I just like the closeness of, of your classes and how, how much you're able to develop. And I don't know how to say it, that you can't do that Division One or other levels, but I just felt at the D3 level – you just got really closer with your teammates that you that stuck it out, you know, all those years. The guys that sure. didn't transfer out and the guys that kind of stuck with it. Yeah, that's a pretty – we actually get that answer a lot. I think uh, and somebody touched on it. It's like uh, – I, I think it's just you kind of touched on it. So you don't – no one goes to D3, you know, planning on doing anything else after. So yeah, right. a lot of guys are just there. Everybody's kind of on the same page, ball out for four years yeah, and yeah, man. whatever. Yeah, so I think that's where a lot of that comes from. Mm-hmm. So, you know – during your draft process, what was the weirdest question you either got from a scout or maybe something strange you saw in a questionnaire? Uh, they made me go. They made me actually go do an eye exam at a. Uh, like a <laughs> uh, they had me to go to a place to do an eye, like an official eye exam, and wow. I had to send it into yeah. them. Okay. So that was really annoying. Um, <laughs> the weirdest things they did have some weird questions. I never filled out uh, an individual team. So 
you fill out this MLB questionnaire. The Giants, I believe, are the ones who got me into it. Um, I did a workout, a pre-draft workout with them. That's the only team that kind of showed any interest in me that I thought before the draft. And they sent me a questionnaire, but it only had a few questions. But I have heard of some teams like that'll that want to have like they'll specifically if they want to draft you, they'll send you some questions to answer. Yeah. I've heard of some outrageous questions being asked on those. <laughs> I I fortunately didn't have to deal too much with that. Mine was just a general questionnaire. Sure. I sent it in, but yeah, I did have to go do an actual eye exam, and and that was with the long shot that I didn't even think I was going to get drafted. So. Sure. That yeah. was kind of frustrating, but yeah. I was like, man, I got to do it. So, like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I guess if an MLB team told me to go get an eye exam, I'd, <laughs> I'd probably be there in the next yeah, five minutes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe the Bucks so have just that. Just kind of on that same note, though. So we we jacking this from Pat McAfee's show, but he had a similar question to an NFL uh, prospect, uh, where the prospect said he had a head coach ask him. You know, he's in the room with the head coach, I think the offensive coordinator and the quarterbacks coach, and. Uh, they asked him, who out of this room do you want to punch in the face the most? <laughs> and so we're on Zoom right now, so you can see us. I wish Shub was here, but out of the podcasters, who do you want to punch in the face the most? I have to answer that? You have to. You, you just got to punch one of us. All right. No um, offense. No no hard feelings. No, no hard feelings? Yeah. All right, you. That's f***ed up. <laughs> we'll bleep that. That's messed up. I was even trying to be nice to kind of – you know, no, bro. It's only you or him, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I certainly didn't think it was gonna be me, but that's all right. <laughs> you said no offense. Yeah. Well, I'll, like I said, I was uh, trying to kind of sell it. You know, maybe you'll go the other way, but it's all right. Yeah. I, see, I get that a lot, actually. I forgot so. his name, so like it was tough. No. It's yeah. Okay. You fair. just said you to me, so that's fine. Well, either you or him. All right. All right. That's fine. Like I said, I get, I've gotten worse. Um, <laughs> So, uh, with, um, you know, D3, lots of traveling, uh, maybe a lot of bus trips. So what was your go-to gas station snack? Oh, uh, it's the thing that checks mix. That's the little brown things. I think they're called mm. Gardettos maybe. Okay. Yeah. No, definitely. Like, like the, like the round ones, like the, the brown, round, like little chip. brown chips and chips. Okay. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Those ones. That's the only thing I ever get from a gas station. Gotcha. Unless it's a QT, I get a steak and cheese taquita. Those are the best. Ooh. That's fair. I don't know what that is, but I'm, I'm here. Yet. Sounds good. <laughs> oh, you don't have quick trips? No, but I think we have we have stuff. Like, you ever heard of Sheets? Nope. Uh, it's, it's, it's definitely like a, a geography. Geography. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. I think it's well. I think it's all over the place. So I think I know kind of the gist of what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So a recent debate we've had on the podcast the past couple of weeks uh, with other minor league d3 guys um so this is our first time getting a catcher you're our first catcher so i'm interested to hear your perspective on it um who's worst d3 or minor league umpires Ooh, definitely d3 that's not even close <laughs> really? yeah, we actually had some we not not like great umpires overall we had some pretty terrible calls but okay. like the strike zone's brutal in d3 man okay. i could get pitches that were like this far off the strike zone if i just like if it squared me up, like that's yeah. all I had to do, and sure, yeah, I'll be like, oh, and I'll throw the ball back, and I'll, I'll, I'm sorry, man, that was like six inches off the plate. Yeah. There's nothing you could have done about that. It's brutal. Yeah, like we, oh, we dealt with it so much, man. I don't know how I didn't get thrown out of more games. I argued yeah, sure. with the lumps quite a bit, but you know, it came with it. They were just terrible. Yeah, but they did. They did their best. Once we got the conference tournament playing, they got the best ones there. Then they were fine. And when they had yeah. more than two, and that's another thing. When you only have two umpires, it's tough. So right. But I think in minor league, I think we only had two as well. Yeah, we only had two, and they were interesting for the most part better. But yeah, definitely Division three, they were they were not not great. That's fair. So we don't know if you've been watching The Last Dance, but we we did see one of your recent tweets, and it looks like you're a big pro LeBron guy. Oh, so yeah. thirty seconds to a minute, whatever you got. Why is LeBron the GOAT? Dude, I don't know. Okay, the GOAT, I don't know. That that can be up for debate as well. Still all right, all right. People, Why I, are you a LeBron guy? Because I translate it to like football. Like Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time, but he's not the most talented. I think Aaron Rodgers had, could have done a lot more things than if he was on a better situation. I think there's other guys that have been more talented. I think Michael Jordan was the greatest of all time. He's six for six winning championships when it came down to it. He was the greatest. But there is no better human athlete okay. specimen of a thing than LeBron James. And there's no one that can ever there's no one that will ever be more athletic. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. The dude's almost like six nine. He's two eighty in his prime, whatever he was, two sixty and he's yeah. just a freak. And mm-hmm. I don't know. He can jump higher, run faster, he does everything better than everybody. And he could he I, that's what I say. He could be the best football player too. I guarantee you he could have been the best tight end to ever play the game. If he wanted to. 
That's so, pretty good. I, 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 I see what you're saying. I like that. I like that. The that's something I hear you you hear a lot more like the greatest versus like you know maybe yeah, yeah. in terms of accomplishments versus to, yeah because there is a difference. I mean, mm-hmm. LeBron he might not win six championships, but he he would have beat Jordan yeah. in a one on one. Sure. In their project. There you go. Yeah. All right, last one here. Um, trying to keep it a little clean, family friendly. Family friendly show. Shout out, attorney. Um, but rank these restaurants: Chick Fil A, Five Guys, or Chipotle. Or, and Chipotle. Okay, Chipotle one, Chick Fil A, Five Guys. Chipotle, I eat there like three times a week. <laughs> Shout out, Got Chipotle, to. friends of the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They actually in, uh, uh, last year during the season they gave us these vouchers. We got like five a week, and it oh. was like nine dollars wow. off at a restaurant on whatever your choice. And Chipotle was one of them. So I ate free Chipotle all summer, and I got the That's points amazing. for it, so it was great. Oh. I ate free Chipotle for like the last year. It's great. Right, free Chipotle is to get free Chipotle. <laughs> exactly. So getting back to the more mainstream questions, I guess, you know, just looking over some of your stats and the accomplishments at Baptist, uh, 2019 ASC Player of the Year, All-American, hit 417 your senior year with 13 bombs. So I know your stats, like you said, weren't as prolific, like, you know, your first couple of years at Baptist, but... Would you say there was ever like some kind of breakout moment or aha moment your senior year? And when did you kind of have a feeling that, you know, a professional career might be a possibility down the road? Oh, man. If you ask my dad, he would tell you that I didn't believe it was going to be possible until the day I got drafted. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I had an aha moment. My senior year, like I said, you just – like my junior year, I was a disappointment, man. I hit better my sophomore year when I, there was a lot more guys on the team that were you know better than I was than my junior year I was supposed to be one of the guys and I let a lot of them down in, in my opinion so I, I came out senior year and I was like I, I, like I said I'm just gonna play as hard as I can do whatever I can to, to not suck like I did last year yeah and so I think a lot of us t- took that mentality into the year and it helped me too that like my whole entire lineup one through five was disgusting mm-hmm. our one hole hit 340 I hit four something our three hole was like 350 also hit like a bunch of bar that was our four yeah. hole yeah our three hole is like six four and just a monster man and our yeah. five hole hit almost 400 like I had dudes protecting me like they had to pitch to me or they were gonna get blown up by the guys behind us so yeah. I was fortunate with some good circumstances that I wasn't the only one who performed my senior year like all of our guys did mm-hmm. so I was I was in a good good situation especially being in that two hole so a lot of guys came to me, and, and I was just able to – I never really had an aha moment. I, I was just – I think uh, it was towards the very end of the year, I had a five-hit game. Um, I almost had a chance for a six-hit game, which would have tied an AAC record, and then a, a four-double game. And I was going for it. I was trying to rip one out of line. I ended up rolling over. I was kind of pissed. Yeah, that's but awesome. I, That boosted my average to, like, 460, and there was – like, that was the last conference game of the series. And I was leading the nation in, in average at that point, and I was like, dang, like, this is the, I didn't think anything like this. I was leading for home runs in a while. I was leading, and I just didn't think anything like that was possible, especially the way my first couple of years went. And so just finally seeing that and my numbers stacking up against those like in the entire nation, that's when I finally realized, I was like, all right, I, I'm, I finally got kind of good at this game. Right. <laughs> it took me long enough. Um, and then I, and then once the, my coach called me and, and told me that scouts were coming to watch me at the conference tournament, which I kind of wish he didn't do. I don't know if he has to tell me that or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, de- I played terrible. Like my first three at bats, I think I struck out in the tournament. Um, I ended up having a decent tournament, though. I think I finished like six for eighteen in the tournament, so I did all right. And we got knocked out in the in the last game, but um, I guess I did something good enough there, and they noticed me. But yeah, it was. A, I never believed that I was ever going to get the chance to play pro ball, um, at least like affiliated pro ball. I, I had an idea that I might go play some uh, some independent ball if it didn't work out, if I didn't get drafted, but. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously this was preferred, but I did not expect it to happen at all. Sure. Um, so just from personal division three experience and kind of something you've touched on, uh, we had some like good players in the pack, uh, as our conference strat W and J, uh, big friends of the show, regular Huge listeners, show. uh, Coach <laughs> Mountain, what's up? Um, but I don't think we ever ran anyone. We, we didn't run into anyone who ever got drafted. So, you know, you kind of touched on, it, you don't really like, I guess, did you have like a certain level of. It doesn't sound like it, but was there ever a time when you were looking at those numbers where you kind of were like, kind of a little bit of a swagger, like, hey, like, I'm a little better than these guys? Or was it more of, you know, like you said, this is my senior year, I'm just going to kind of go for it with these guys. And then following up with that, is that, is your attitude something, is that same attitude something you carried into, like, into the minors with you? Yeah, um, 
that uh that's not really the kind of the way I, I carried myself uh especially in my senior year i started looking at my numbers and i was fortunate that my roommate was actually the one who hit four hole and it was also we were in a battle with each other for home runs like the whole mm-hmm. year yeah. so pretty much the whole year that's the only like we weren't out there trying to jack home runs or nothing sure. like that but that's the only stat i was paying attention to because me and my buddy were having a little friendly battle with that other than that, I didn't really pay attention to my like my numbers compared to those in the nation. I just really like looked at our guys' numbers. Um, I didn't look at around. I mean, at too many different things, and I knew I was having a good season. And I mean, I, and I, right. I I really stacked myself against like how my brother did in his past seasons, how some yeah. of those top guys sure. that I played with when they were juniors and seniors, like how they did in their past seasons. Because mm-hmm. I always looked at them, I was like, dang, that's there's no way I could ever have a season like they're having. Just watching as a freshman and sophomore, and these guys, I think. I watched my brother have a 15 home run season. Um, I have watched him have multiple 400 average seasons. So I, I never thought I would be that good. So I always like to like see. I was like, man, I'm having a better season than my brother. I'm having a better yeah. season than some of these guys. So I look at it that way. I never looked at myself in length like, man, I'm one of the best players in the nation right now. I didn't even know I was going to be a first team All American at all um, until mm-hmm. the season ended. That was kind of a surprise to me. Um, I didn't really. Uh, not that I wasn't paying. I was definitely paying attention. I'm not going to lie. I, I wanted yeah. to see. But I, 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 I didn't know if there was. I would have catch- called you a liar, so it's good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I honestly, uh, I didn't, I didn't know if any catchers were having better seasons than me. Um, and so when it came out, that was pretty cool to see. But overall, I, I didn't pay attention to it too much. I was just worried about my team, and all I wanted to do was win a conference championship, and it didn't end up working out. We got cut short of like three different years on that while I was there. But mm-hmm. we had, we had some good runs, and it was fun for sure. And just following up on that, walk us through your draft process a little bit. Were you, I mean, you touched on it a little bit. So was there a moment that kind of propelled you to becoming like a legitimate draft prospect? And, you know, anyone who's played baseball, seriously, we you, we talk about it a lot. We've all had dreams about getting that draft day phone call. So what did draft day look like for you personally? And what was getting that phone call from the Marlins like? Yeah, the, that phone call was crazy, man. I, I never thought I was ever going to get it. So I was actually down in a in another country, and I think it's Central America. It's Belize. Okay. You don't know where that is. Yeah. So my family does Somewhere. some work down there. Uh, we're trying to bring baseball to that country. They only have softball. So for the last couple of years, last couple of summers, we've been going down there and doing, uh, doing some camps and stuff with some kids at schools and whatnot. So we'd actually just finished up our last camp of the day. Um, we were going down to, to eat at lunch at a, at a local spot. And uh, my head coach was, was calling my dad. I had my phone off because we were in another country, and I wasn't sure if it was going to – I didn't really want to pay attention to the draft because I, I didn't – I really did not think I was going to get drafted at all. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because so, no one – like, after my after the conference tournament, no scout called me. Like, I didn't hear – there was nothing from – no one called the coaches, my dad. No one called anybody um, until the draft. So, I, I thought there was no chance. And then – That is yeah, kind of crazy. Just yeah, yeah, silence. Yeah, yeah, there's no way. It's just silence. And then I know the 27th round isn't like early, but it's a lot earlier than I thought I was going to go if, if I did go. Right. Uh, and so they, they, my coach was trying to call my dad in Belize and finally got a hold of him. And he was like, hey, like, what are y'all doing? Like, the, the Marlins are trying to call Casey right now and draft him. And I can kind of overhear it on his phone. I'm like, all right, he's, he's not his BS. Yeah. yeah. No way. <laughs> and uh, I, he, uh, he said, yeah, this guy's going to call you. Just have your phone on you. And 30 seconds later, he got a call from a number he didn't have. And, he put me on, and, and that was the that was the call. That was the, the scout, and he told me that you're about to see your name pop up if, if you're paying attention to the draft board, and I told him I was and pulled it up immediately and, and saw it a couple minutes later. So nice. that was really, really cool to see. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that is a little unique. I, uh, not hearing anything from them, I, I would be I would be doing the same thing as you. I would have had everything shut off. I'd just yeah. be like, no, not, not worried about it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Tried my best, but my co- I had some cousins there. My brother was there, and they were all on me about it. Like, look at it, like, pay attention. and like, yeah, no, not doing it. Yeah. Um, so we know you're just getting started in the minors, and, you know, hopefully you guys are playing again soon, even if it is with robot umpires and, you know, maybe some other wild proposals uh, yeah. guys are throwing out there. But just regarding last year's season, uh, your first year as a professional baseball player, was there ever, you know, did you have a kind of like a holy, shit, you know, welcome to the league moment, we'll that out. you know, either when you first showed up at spring training or maybe seeing some of those big name guys around um, or maybe just higher level competition, just really anything at all? Um. I, I've definitely had some moments. I would say right when I got there, uh, probably my plane, my first. And so I was in Belize that Wednesday, and they said, can you be in Miami on Friday? Get be in West Palm on Friday. 
And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I had to get a flight home, uh, early flight home from Belize, uh, and then got on a plane Friday morning, and, and I was gone. And so that whole plane right there, I had a lot to think about and just process because my whole life just completely flipped upside down. I, right. I really should have been more prepared, but I wasn't. Um, and I, I was still hitting because my R season ended probably a month before that. So I was still hitting and keeping up my arm in shape just in case. And so physically I was prepared, but mentally I, I can honestly say I wasn't ready for anything like that. But So the whole sure. plane ride there – was kind of surreal, and then just uh, getting to the like getting to the team hotel and checking in, and and then getting to the clubhouse the first morning and seeing my name up in a locker and just seeing all the stuff already there laid out for me. It just that was probably my first moment. Like that was my whole like this, yeah. this really just happened. So uh, that was my first moment. Uh, spring training, I definitely got to see some guys. Marlins, y'all know, don't have you know a, a bunch of huge names right. like players in the big leagues. So, uh, but we just signed guys like Corey Dickerson. I saw Matt Kemp uh, in the weight room facility. Um, saw a couple other guys that I recognized. Um, but you got to, like, not act like, you know, starstruck and stuff when you see those guys. So, yeah. You just got to be cool. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Sorry. So, I, no, it's okay. No, it's cool. It's a podcast. That's, that's the first round of 89 draft pick right there. There Friend you go. Yeah, he still got it. That's a double feature interview right there. Yeah, yeah. right. He still got it, man. But uh, yeah, he's the one who still keeps me in shape, throwing BP to me most days. So, yeah. All right, and last question we have before we get into fancy BS. But like Gil mentioned, we're still without you know baseball for the time being, and I think you know Gil, you can second me on this if you agree. But I think we're definitely like a pro Korean baseball league podcast. Huge. I'd say, yeah. yeah, definitely. You can't see it, but I have a flag over on my. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Should, I couldn't turn the camera around or I show you. Yeah, <laughs> but you know. It would definitely be more ideal if we had we didn't have to stay up until 3 a.m. to watch this league. So yeah, hopefully, no yeah. So hopefully we have the MLB back soon. But I guess personally for you, where's your head at with all of this? Like, what's your daily routine like? You touched on it a little bit, but and then some of these proposals as well, like players staying in the stands, social distancing, yeah, robot umpires. Yeah. What are some of your thoughts on that? Uh, man, I mean, I'm doing everything I can to stay in shape right now. I'm working out. I'm actually working out in a buddy's garage. So we're doing that. And then baseball-wise, we're getting on fields as much as we can. We're doing everything we can to just stay ready, stay in shape, like I said. Um, other than that, what other questions do you want me to touch on? Uh, just some of those proposals. like uh, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I think it's a little outrageous. I mean, I don't know how you ask a player not to spit. It bas- it's all a baseball player. That's instinctive. You see dirt and, like, right. you kind of just yeah. spit. Yeah. Especially guys who chew. I, and I personally, I never chew tobacco. or I, Not that often. I have done it before. Uh-huh. But I don't uh, I do not do it regularly. But I, the guys who do, I don't know how, how you tell yeah. them they can't do that. So I, I think in the post-game, those showers, I mean, guys get filthy on those on that real right. dirt. Um, you get you go play a game in Florida, you're getting sweaty, and then you, you slide and get the dirt all up. Man, that's gross. So I don't know. I think I think it's very outrageous, and I think that they're going to have to adjust a lot if they want the MLBPA to agree to it. But I think sure. we're a little bit away from that, unfortunately. How about like high fives and stuff? Can you imagine like a player getting fined? Yeah, no. That's what I, and I was actually talking to my buddy about it today, and I was like, I, th- I think players would joke around with it at first, and then after about a weekend, there's there it's just going to be so right. so bored of it and just tired. Yeah. It's just silly, man. What are the guys supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you exactly. can't get excited. You can't do it. It's just not going to become baseball anymore. Well, there's already enough to worry about. And then you got to, mm-hmm. oh, I can't spit. I can't high-five this guy. Like, and some stuff just happens. Like, repercussions if I happen to accidentally do this. Like, yeah, like, exactly. Like, when the camera catches me accidentally spitting, like, sorry, mm-hmm. I didn't mean to. It just happened. Right. Yeah, it's just... Um, and so you mentioned a little earlier when we were talking about the umpires, you know, you got into, you know, some arguments. Mm-hmm. So say it's a robot umpire. And the call comes you don't agree with, like, what do you do? Do you say something? Like, do you still argue with somebody? I don't. I, you can't. No, I, can't. I feel like, and I hate a lot of those because of uh, just the way the 3D, like, strike works. Mm-hmm. Catchers are getting so good at getting those curveballs and where you can just kind of flip it up. Right. And it catches, it barely catches that, like, on the, on the angle down, it catches that tiny little, like, index of the strike zone. Like, is that a strike or does it, like, what, what? defines a strike so yeah. i'd like to know if it's like a 3d strike zone if it's just a square and it's got to like nick one of those because then it, it comes into what's a strike how much of the ball does it have to hit the plate does it barely have to touch it so i don't know i, I think we're far away from that too because there's mm-hmm. gonna be so many disagreements about it but i would definitely try to find someone to argue with that's what that's that's why i ask <laughs> yeah i would I try to ask that because i know i personally would just be yelling you know, <laughs> out into the void like just let <laughs> someone know i'm not happy i would turn around and yell at the fake umpire <laughs> 
I mean, bop it on the head. <laughs> you as a catcher too, I'm sure, like changed the game because like, are you framing pitches now if it's a robot exactly, umpire, yeah. or are you, you just need to frame? Like, yeah, exactly. Kind of just sit back there and don't let anything buy you and have exactly. a cannon. That's all you got to do at that point. Yeah. Right. I'm sure that kind of changed like prospects as well how teams Huge. look at yeah, catchers absolutely. So. Framing because tyler flowers will no longer have a job and right. so a lot of other those catchers that are just really good at getting stealing pitches exactly so yeah that's we'll, we'll see what happens with that yeah all right so i think we're ready for fantasy bs and for all you first time listeners out there um for our last segment of the podcast we like doing a fantasy draft of a random topic with our guests and today's fantasy bs topic um trying to redeem ourselves from you know very lackluster fastball nicknames fantasy draft uh our heads weren't in it no one was on the same page kind of overthought it maybe um didn't go so hot so we're trying to bounce back similar similar topic just baseball slang in general so a little similar but a little room for uh you know success a ton of different directions we can go with this you know lots of cool baseball language so you know i'm kind of excited it's a little broader that was my issue but so we're going to do three picks each uh, as our guest casey you're going to go first uh, my friend and fellow co-host of course benjamin gavlik second pick and i'll be going last so it's a snake draft, so I'll get two on that back end, and you'll get two, Casey, at the very end. Gotcha. All righty. So why don't you start us off, man? All right. So my favorite baseball slang, and this is definitely from my catching perspective, not while I'm hitting, is good morning, good afternoon, and good night. That's, That's a good one. That's a good one. Not while I'm hitting, though. That would not be good. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. This is tough. I have too many on this list. I, I, I'm not <laughs> sure what I was doing here. I'm going to go with... I love how we refer to the major leagues as the show. That's one of my favorite sayings. Mm. So the show, yeah. I'm gonna go with that pick. I there. like that. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like a, gives it a mystique. Yeah, and it's even the video games named after it as well. The MLB, the show. So yeah, it's definitely a good mm-hmm. saying. Hey man, I got you. Um, so I got two. I'm gonna go. I don't know if this one's this one might be just a personal one, but just so going yaya. Okay. That's good. Home run. Yeah, that's, that'll yeah. be my first one. The home run was tough because, I mean, I feel like you have, there's whole languages of just home runs, uh, things called home run. And then my second one, uh, maybe a little more personal, but people kind of uh, – can of corn just because I love yelling it when someone uh, pops out. Can of corn. <laughs> that is one of my favorites for sure. That's tough. That, that always make that 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 saying always reminds me that the longest yard though. That, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I always link fine. it with football just because of that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It makes me laugh every time. No, I, I just watched it the other day too. I, ben, I saw your face, man. Did I did I sabotage your draft board? That's tough. I even so like I write down the picks while this is happening. I wrote down can of corn for me because I knew I was oh, going to take that next. It's coming. Oh. So, yeah, that, that's definitely tough. I'm going to – give me a second on this. I'm going to go with Ugly Finder. Oh, that's, that's a good, a good one. one. I that like that one. one. I like that's, – that's well used, too. Click on my feet. Yeah. That's a good one. All right, Casey, you got back-to-back here. That's me? Okay, this is my, my college coach's favorite one. It's called Don't Be a Punch and Judy. So, they, <laughs> like, don't – like, anytime you stick your butt out, like, on an outside pitch and punch the ball through a hole – Oh. That don't be a punch and Judy. Okay, yeah. that's a good so, one. I like that's, that. That's one of my, no punch and Judy. Nice. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. And you got one more here. Uh, one more. Uh, favorite one growing up was Taylor Made Double Play. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Nice. All right, so I got my last pick here. I'm. Let's see. Too many on this list. I'm gonna go with. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Hucking Shed. A little piggyback mm. off. Uh, the fastballs draft we did last week. But, yeah, Hucking yeah, Ched, one of my favorite sayings. Yeah, it was, like, one of the only good picks <laughs> yeah. from last week. It was, it was a tough draft. <laughs> um, and then mine. Okay, so this one, one, because I think, it, I think it, it gives a clear visual, even if you don't really know, just frozen rope. Yeah, that's a good one. Because those are also most satisfying to hit, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. You just shoot a laser in the gap, and you know, you know you're just going to be running. <laughs> that's just that's yeah, I didn't like to run, man. I wanted it. <laughs> well, I didn't get. I never got to get. I was a lot like you, man. I, okay. I, I didn't have a lot of power. Like yeah. I think, I think there was one year. I think I had nothing but singles. So really? like to get an extra base hit was like a. I'm hoofing it. Yeah, I'm hoofing it. Oh, I feel that. That's how it was my first three years. Now I don't know what happened my senior year, but <laughs> yeah. good things. Didn't you steal a lot of bases your senior year? 
Yeah, I was never that fast. I still, I was 11 for 12 my junior year, too. I just okay. picked my spots, man. Pitchers yeah. in D3, they got a high leg kick. The catchers usually aren't very good. Yeah, that's fair. There. So I picked, I was not fast, dude. I just picked my spots. Yeah, so that's not yeah. something you're looking yeah. to do in the minors. Yeah. All right. Uh, any of you guys have any honorable mentions? I mean, I got a few. Okay. Um, I like, I like to punch out. But with Punch yeah. and Judy going, I had to, I swayed away from that. They're okay. not related, but they sound the same. Yeah. Uh, just you know, it's just a nice look. Paying the corners was always good for me. Getting a getting a ball on the screws. Warning track power. The old. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. There you Eight go. Tools. Yeah. A, a couple other like funny ones I had, but I didn't think many people might like. You really got to be in baseball. The golden sombrero. I had thought about that one. Yeah, that's good. You, yeah, you got to know baseball to know that one. And and then the last one, the uh, Mendoza line. Shout out, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kellen Welch. There you go. <laughs> Friend of the program. All right, so I got a couple as well. I have too many, but I'll just mention a couple. It's funny, too. Like, if you aren't a baseball fan, like, a lot of these, you just have no idea what we'd be talking about. (laughs) So, uh, first one, dish, uh, referring to home plate. I like referring to home plate as the dish. Dish. Uh, Daddy hack is one of my favorite ones as well. Chin music. And then uh, don't rub it in whenever people get hit by a pitch. I got pegged once my first year. I think it was like an 89-mile-an-hour pitch. Now, I haven't gotten drilled yet. I uh, got knock on wood. Yeah, for but, sure. Uh, hopefully, I won't rub it in. Yeah. <laughs> you have any honorable mentions for us? No, that's all I got, man. Just warning track power. Mm-hmm. That's it. Cool. All right. So it was, uh, I did think of one. It was... Uh, I don't know if we if I don't know if it was a common thing, but I know we did it at college. Just pass balls or just errors. Uh, we had guys yelling from the dugout, uh, like free bases. Like, <laughs> I, I, I love summer ball because nobody cared, man. <laughs> oh, that was the best, man! Everyone crap talked each other and just screaming stuff from the dugout. We, oh, it was so much fun for sure. All right, so I think that's all we have for Fantasy BS. Casey, last thing we have before we let you go. Um, but just to close things out, going with our Division III's finest theme, you know, unfortunately at the D3 level, things typically don't come as easy. You know, travel's a little tougher. Hey. Uniforms usually aren't as nice. No locker room, you name it. You know, your program probably doesn't have it. But, um, you know, personally for you, when we mention best D3 stories, does anything come to mind specifically, you know, anything funny or crazy that happened during your college days? Yeah, fortunately, we did have actually really good facilities. We had some, we had some people take good care of us, and nice. we, we had nice stuff. But um, there was one time, and I, I, I honestly, so I called my brother about this one, and I couldn't think of anything while I was there. And this happened the year before I got there. So after, uh, after our games, at least while I think my freshman through junior year, we got a medium pizza from Domino's each per each player. So the Domino's person would come up, deliver it to our locker room, usually, or leave it there. So, like we'd have some players go get it. Well, the Domino's person, this this one game, it was a night game, got there early, and she pulled up to the field and didn't know where to go. And one of the fans, I think he was a football player or something at the time, uh, he played kind of a joke on her and said, yeah, just go to the coach over there. Uh, he'll, t- he'll tell you where to put it. And she literally walked onto the field while we're playing, like full-on game is going on. She walks past the umpire, umpire calls timeout, like no one knows what's going on. She walks to the coach and goes, are you Coach Palmer? Like, that was one of the pizza, and he's like, oh, That's yes. amazing. And so the pizza lady walked on the field because she didn't know what to do with the pizza. So <laughs> that, that happened is... during a game, mid-game. Like, she didn't yeah. wait nothing. Middle of the game, umpire had to call That's time. a good one. This That's... was my brother's story. I, I'm almost positive this. I, he was a sophomore at the time, so mm-hmm. I can't take credit for that. Unfortunately, he wasn't there. And I think my sophomore, they got, a, they got into, like, a little brawl with Austin College, too. So I missed out on a couple of cool things. But, yeah, jeez. Yeah, unfortunate. That's so, a good one, though. I don't think we've heard. Uh, I definitely haven't heard anything like that before. Yeah, we got us. We got into a big scuffle my uh, sophomore year. Yeah, sophomore year. I, we almost busted out. It was almost hands throwing for a little Baptist school too. It was funny, but that was just scrappy. Yeah, that was that was their fault. That wasn't us. We were just bad. <laughs> but it's how that. There you go. You you got it down. It's yeah, always their fault. It don't matter if you're a Christian, man. You got to back your guy. <laughs> I'm a little right. dirty for sure. And so last kind of question I have, just a, a random thought, but like, obviously, you know, we played division three baseball and we can't imagine, you know, playing at the pro level. Like, I guess what's been the biggest transition for you going pro and for you to, you know, eventually move up in the organization, hopefully, what would you say is the biggest key as a catcher? Is it, you know, framing? Is it hitting? Is it having a hose? What do you think is the most important key that you got to work on? 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different things you got to work on. Uh, the biggest transition is obviously the velocity. The, the speed of the game right. goes really quickly. So um, I, the first step was getting to the bullpens, catching it, and learning how to catch Aladdin, who has no clue where his 100-mile-an-hour two-seam's going. Yeah, So yes. that was a big step. Once you kind of – that's that that part slows down. Um, the more you get on the velocity of the machine, the more you see the live BPs, the guys, the balls from out of the guys on the easier it gets. And I'm still adjusting a lot, man. Hitting at that level is very, very hard. It doesn't yeah. matter what level minor league ball you're at. It's they throw very hard. So right. it, it's been tough. Um, and then what? What was the second part of that question you want me to touch on? Uh, just in order for you to move up in the organization, yeah, what's like yeah. the the biggest key as a catcher? Yeah, um, I mean they they just actually hired a catcher's analyst who's going over a lot of stuff with us. So they're they're, they're definitely big on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but I mean, you got to just be a well-rounded catcher. You got to do everything right. well, especially in the National League. You got to be able to hit um, to be able to cover up that pitcher spot at the end of the lineup, and you definitely got to be able to do all things defensively in order to get up there. So I got to improve in all aspects of my game, and I know that. And I put on I think 15 pounds in my first off season. So I've yeah. tried to get bigger, get stronger, and I'm I'm taking it very seriously, obviously. And mm-hmm. and so I definitely want to make it. Um, there's got to be challenges. There's there's going to be guys that, that sign for hundreds of thousands of dollars ahead of me that, are, that might get a, a shot or two more than me, but um, I'm not making any excuses. I definitely think I have the talent to get there and to at least move up some. Right. And, uh, I think I got a chance to get there, so I just got to keep working hard and, and take it day by day and, and see what I can do and keep, continue to get better. Oh, yeah. And when you make it big, you're going to come right back to the podcast here. Talk, <laughs> hang out to all my D3 guys. Oh, yeah. I respect it for sure. And- Never forget them. I promise this is the this is the last one, but you mentioned the velocity machine. What's the fastest you've caught on for the velocity uh, machine? Caught on? Well, we I think they set it on like eighty five or eighty eight, and then you just move right. forward. Yeah. So I think the equivalent I've gotten up to like one hundred and six. Okay. But that in the machine is like it's going. You know basically exactly where it's going. I mean, it gets higher and higher the closer you get. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, Nah, you, and it gets in the webbing for the most part. It, it gets to 100, 406, and I've hit off the same, too. You usually don't hit it. It's mostly just whizzing right by you, but yeah. that's what they do for us with the velocity step to help us differ. Instead of just increasing the speed on the machine, they'll, they'll you'll just kind of get closer and closer to the machine, whether you're receiving it or hitting off it. So that definitely helps a lot when you're trying to adjust a new velocity, for sure. Yeah, I remember a story. I think it was from Carlos Ruiz. I read about like they had him wearing like full on armor because he was catching a velocity so fast. So like if he no missed way. it, like it was, was going to shatter That's his wrist or funny. something. Yeah, I mean we were definitely weren't in full on armor, but we were in our gear all yeah. full geared up. Yeah. It gets a little scary. We had another one actually. We were full back on this one, but our catching coach decided that it would be good to like wave like their hands in front of our face. So all the other catchers would like oh wave goodness. their hands in front of your face while the fastball is coming into you. And then right before it gets to you, they move their hands and you catch it. Yeah, that, that was a tough one. That's crazy. Yeah, they, yeah, they, that's... they come up with a lot of unique drills I've never heard of or never done before, but the, they definitely know what they're doing. They, sure. I, I've become a 10 times better catcher uh, since I've gotten a pro ball. So it's been exciting for sure. I mean, I think that's all we got. You know, thank you again for joining us on the podcast. We really appreciate your time, and hopefully, you guys yeah, can no no get problem. back on the field soon, and hopefully, keep on moving up. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I'll try and stay in touch with you guys as well. Oh, yeah, for and sure, Andrew. Cool, man. All right, we'll talk to you soon, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, it's Kate Weezy, and we back. The rise to the throne. Envy. Yeah. Ben Franklin's. Ben Franklin's. I got so much money, it's like I own a money tree. All these people phonies just wanna be like me. Your baddest girl be all on my D. The stuff you pay for from me, it's free. Because I got Ben Franklin's, I got Ben Franklin's. No need for hating, I'm not a doctor, I ain't got patience. All I got is papers and a lot of haters. Shout out to my home dog, they all got prayers.